In this reel of Seawall movies, it's a spy-filled episode as we celebrate the return of the Bond franchise and its 50th anniversary with not one, but two Bond films. First up for the past, it's 1981's Roger Moore helmed For Your Eyes Only. And for the present, we take a look at the long-awaited Skyfall. For the future, we're going to look at another film we've been hearing about for a long time, World War Z, set for a release in summer of 2013. All this plus some news about the villain in the upcoming Thor sequel on this, the 129th reel of COL Movies. What did you expect? An exploding pen? I'm gonna make him an offer again. I love the smell of come in the morning. Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome to a brand spanking new reel of Seawall movies. My name is Jeff, and I would like to introduce my shaken and not stirred co-host, Ray and Steve. How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? How'd you like the adjective I came up with at the last I, You were reading my mind, actually. Yeah. Very apropos thinking, for the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and I did a terrible um, British accent. It's okay. So, anyways, it's appropriate. Um, yeah, with that... Uh, let's get to the news. on the mark! Seattle Movies is going to HFR, high frame rate. Kind of, sort of. Um, no, we're reformatting. We'll talk about that later. So wait till the end of the show for that. But I just wanted to put a nuke in that so you can stick around. Uh, also, villain for Thor sequel is finally revealed. Yeah, I I don't know if either of you two are more versed in Thor comics, uh, but I I'm not. I saw this uh, I saw this picture and I thought the dude was like, I don't know, is this like an Elder Scrolls reject or whatnot? <laughs> uh, he got lost from the set of The Hobbit, wandered off somewhere, and ended up in Thor. <laughs> Chad says he looks like a Teletubby. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Tiki Winky, the new villain for the Thor sequel. Kind of, yeah. He kind of. I can see where you're coming with that. <laughs> I can see where he's coming with that. Uh, it does look a little interesting. Yeah. I so like the masks on the bad guys, though, those are interesting. They yeah, those are soulless. You know what yeah. I mean? They're, uh, they remind me of uh, whatchamacallit from Immortals. The, uh, the, the the bad guys with the mask on, with the horns. Oh, the Titan? Hyperion. Oh, Hyperion. I was yeah. like, Titans? Yeah. <laughs> that just messed with Jeff. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I guess there was some, some something about this particular character because they weren't sure exactly how they were going to realize this character on screen. Um, again, I don't know enough about it to know what the big deal is about this character, but um, he looks like he looks like a dark elf to me. Got the elf ears, and that's true. They haven't gone to that. They haven't gone to that planet, that realm yet, have they? Mm. No. I don't know anything about the dark elves, so don't look at me. Okay. Or right. well, it's interesting pictures, interesting thought pattern. We'll see. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. 
Well, probably look a lot better in the movie. So, yeah, when it's in action. Well, um, I found this interesting a little article um, on random on random discovery. Um, Cinemark mm-hmm. has just which you know Cinemark at least around here is not there's not too many Cinemarks around this area. I know that they're kind of throughout the country, so I'm sure they're bigger wherever you guys are. More than well, like. I, I think we have one, and I've been to it, but it's like it's like the most expensive theater like, uh, around here. So, well, now you probably find out why. <laughs> one of the reasons there. Well, um, Cinemark is actually gonna. They've decided not to fight the texting issue anymore. Mm. Uh, they don't have ninjas out there, and they don't have you know ushers yelling at people. What they've decided to do is reward you for not texting. So they have a new app that you can download called Cinemode. Okay. If you download Cinemode, you can once you start it on your phone, and you put it you know put your phone away as long as you don't use your phone again. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, you'll get you'll get coupons and yeah. credit different things. So um, basically, for apparently, it's like something where you you download it. It's like okay, I'm seeing this movie. You click that movie, and it will know how long the movie is and all that mess. And then when you when you pick your phone back up, turn it back on. Um, you can you know close out and then if you made the entire duration of the movie without turning your phone on you get rewarded with things such as um you know refreshment coupons or money off or what have you um they have on their website kind of a sample page of different potential things at this point Mm -hmm. um but they're not sure how they're going to expand it quite yet because it's still so new um but it actually just launched today So it's it's something that they're going to be really kind of pushing through this Thanksgiving and holiday season. So it sounds like – so I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's interesting to see what what kind of concept they're going to come up with this. It's definitely a a unique concept as far as making people put their phone away. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the real real thing is going to be adoption, how many people are aware of it and download the app. Um, right. And then you've got the rewards, I guess, are going to have to be worth it for the people to resist the Free urge. Popcorn. Yeah, I think it's going to really it would be really good for I mean, but then again, you know, we're cinemaphiles. We tend to go to these movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I go to AMC's a lot, uh, not because I don't like other theaters, but when I go to AMC's, I get reward credit. <laughs> Right, same here. You know, so I tend to go to them because, you know, every because I tend to get a drink and a hot dog or something at every time I go. You know, like every five movies or so, I'm at a free movie. Right. So I tend to, I've tended to go to them unless I really want a nice relaxing movie. And if I go to, um, I, if I go to our upscale version, they mm-hmm. actually rewards program too based on how much you spend so you know i go to places where i try to get the rewards versus that unless i'm going to the drive-in because i'm really cheap that week (laughs) no i'm i'm right there i mean i go i go to amc the most for well amc the most a because it was it was the closest theater to my house before i moved right um and then there was the rewards thing now where i live now i have 
Oh boy. One, two, three, four. I have like five or six theaters within 10 miles. Wow. My house. So I have a little bit more choice to go to, but I have been going to AMC. I mean, I've been trying different theaters now because it's like, oh, I want to go try this one and see what it is. And let's go see the, you know, but for Skyfall, I went to see, I went to AMC, you know, had, had to use the credit, had 10 bucks sitting on it. Yeah, for real. So. But no, it's an interesting idea, and uh, you know, anything to get people to put their phones away. I mean, I, I feel kind of hypocritical because I do use my phone to take notes on the movies, mm. um, but yeah. I always try to sit as far back as I possibly can. And if I'm oh, sitting, right. if I'm yeah. sitting with people behind me, I will not take any notes. Like I didn't do that for Skyfall. I didn't take any notes for Skyfall because I was not sitting in the back of the theater. So. But I'm I'm with you on that 100%. If I know that I'm in a situation where, like, I'm on call for work or something and my phone mm-hmm. might go off, right. I sit in the very, 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 very back in the corner, you know, right. where I'm not going to be in anybody's line of sight. You know, like, line, line of sight. And I put it on, the, like, the lowest brightness setting. Mm-hmm. I try to be, you know, it's one of those things where I, I try to be thoughtful of others where most right. people aren't. <laughs> They've got the brightest setting and they hold it up to their face, you know, and they're shining everybody behind them, you know. Oh, I've I've sat to the side of people in the back row and had to – I've gone and asked people to to, – could you please put your phone away because you're driving me crazy. Yeah, for real. It's like you're shining a flashlight in my eyes every 30 seconds. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see where this expands to. I I, – I'm feeling that if they're going to go this way and I'm feeling we're going to see these at other, this kind of thing at other things too. No. You think what? I think they're just being lazy. (laughs) Because now with that, they don't have to have anybody policing anything. Yeah. They don't want to lose customers. They're not trying to lose customers over it. Mm -hmm. That's part of the thing too, I think. Meanwhile, on the flip side of all of this, so, you know, my favorite place, the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. They kick you out for being loud or talking or texting or tweeting or twerting or anything. Twatter. Uh, starting, I think it's January 1st. There's no more latecomers. Oh, really? Once the show begins, you will not be allowed to enter the theater. Hmm. So, so treating it like a play then. Mm hmm. So it's like, oh, you're late. Oh, sorry about that. Yes, I know you have a reserved seat, but uh, guess that seat's going to be empty today because you are late. Oh, ouch. What was that? So on the complete opposite, Alamo is going the uh, 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 punishing bad people. Alamo's taking the hard line. Yeah. Uh, But they're, they're much better at policing that because they have more people walking through the theater. See, I hear that, and I've had, like, I'm curious, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I'm curious, Jeff, have you ever ever seen them kick somebody out in your show that you're in? I think it's because people know that if they talk or tweet or anything like that, they're going to be kicked out. Yeah. Um, So I don't think that they really have to enforce it that often. Yeah. Um, uh, So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, But uh, I think that that's one of the things is people who do that stay away because they know they'll be kicked out and it's uh um ow whose thing is going off right next to the mic i mean my phone's on vibrate 
Oh, it, you, it must be picking up my pad that I don't have on vibrate or don't have down. Sorry about that. <laughs> it, it is really a sharp sound coming into the mic. <laughs> Ow. Anyway, I'm doing it to annoy you. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's it's off. That's my fault. It was an accident. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what sound that people are going to actually hear when they hear this show. <laughs> but let's go into the past. You're telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? For your eyes only. <laughs> 1981. 73% fresh, 62% audience, directed by John Glenn, starring Roger Moore, Carol Bouquet, and T'Pol. T'Pol. Always makes me think of, a, like, it should be Vulcan. It's like T'Pol. Yeah. Um, there should be an apostrophe in there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Um, and, and it, when I looked it was at, when the I, smoker's toothpaste in the 80s and 70s, so that's all yes. I remember. T'Pol. <clears throat> that's all I think of when it's... <laughs> And John Glenn, wasn't that an astronaut? I was like, okay. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, so yeah, I put this, I put this on here um, mainly for you know, obviously we're sort of, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of James Bond, and um, you know, as our present movie is Skyfall, which you know is sort of been a long-awaited return. We weren't ever sure if we were going to get any more Bond movies because of MGM going bankrupt and. So uh, we've been sort of following the stories um, of Skyfall as it's developed over the last year, two years. Um, so, you know, I picked this movie because, A, we're, we're celebrating Bond, but B, it, mainly because it was the first Bond movie I remember watching. Mm. Um, so this came out in 81. I know I didn't see it in the theater because in 81 I was six, not even six yet. Um so, uh, but I did see it, I think maybe on cable, maybe a year or so after it came out. Um, and, you know, obviously it warped, helped warp my fragile young little mind um, into what it's become today. Uh, you know, so it's my first Bond movie. So, so uh, you know, Roger Moore has always been my, my Bond because he was my first, mm -hmm. you know. You know, a lot of and I, I I do love, you know, Sean Connery and mm -hmm. and and all the other Bonds, but Roger Moore, I always sort of just identify him as Bond. So I always sort of compare it. I wanted to, you know, I didn't didn't know how big of uh, Bond fans uh, both of you guys are. I know, Jeff, don't you own all the movies? Oh yes. Okay. Now I need to get him on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I mean I'm the casual Bond observer. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I've probably seen ninety percent of the movies. Mm -hmm. I would say, right. but um, mostly because of growing up, they would always be playing on, you know, Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. on TV or something, or they would have like as as the 80s came on and the 90s come on they would have them like a TNT Bond marathon mm -hmm. or a TBS Bond marathon stuff like that like T. what's that started with the T yeah some yeah. T some, some T station or USA network or something um would have them on so i was always a fan of the movies but i wouldn't call myself a you know like i'm not a bond bond geek you know i can't say that i've Mm -hmm. You know, 
See, you don't get into the whole, uh, you know, these are these this group of movies is the official, you know, Aeon production movies. And then you have your Never Say Never Again, which was a Bond movie that was made unofficially with different people. It's not a real Bond movie, even though it starred John Sean Connery. It's not a real Bond movie. Right. It's yeah, but it was a Bond movie. So, yeah, no, I'm not Royale. Yeah. The original that I'm not that into it, you know, but but I always liked like I watched Bond because of the spy stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bond movies that I've always liked were the ones where he got to use really cool spy gear and was doing exciting things. That's what Bond was for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like getting out of crazy situations because he had you know, a watch that had a laser in it or something that, you know, those were the things that I loved about Bond, Um, you know, as a secret service or, you know, or was as as MI6, I didn't really know what that meant, but at back (laughs) in the day, but Mm -hmm. as a secret agent, you know, like he got all these really cool toys and his car could fly or go underwater or do, you know, like, you know, that, that was always what I looked for. It was like, how is, what kind of situations Bond going to get into and how's he going to, of it um that was what it was always about for me um you know and so i like the stuff like i always remember i think it's i probably thinking of what we were talking about i think i think her majesty's secret service is probably one of the first ones i remember seeing because isn't that the one or is that russia with love well where they're skiing the ski like the ski fight (laughs) You know, like, uh, well, they ski in a couple of movies. Well, I know. But uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, I believe there is a, a skiing section. There was a skiing yeah. section in this movie. Yeah, um, well, yeah but I think this the movie. Daylights. It would have been earlier. It was earlier than that. So it must have been. I think Her Majesty's Secret Service is one of the first ones I remember. But I've well, said, I will. I will. Well, it's like, easy to, to 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 pick out if that was the movie because. That's the one that had the one-off Bond, Mr. Mr. Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He only it's saw probably, it on for one movie, too. That's probably the one that I remember seeing first. But yeah. since then, I went back and I saw Goldfinger, Thunderball. You know, I've seen Moonraker. I've, I've seen... I've, I probably... I just can't remember if I've seen from, West, with, from Russia with Love or not. I think that's one that I can't remember. That was the one on the train. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But um, what was your first one, Jeff? Do you remember? I don't remember what first one, but For Your Eyes Only is the first one title that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember if it was actually. I'm sure it was a. It was all Roger Moore first. Right. And, and there was just something when um, uh, Timothy Dalton uh, came in and did his two pitchers stint just for some reason like he's the best bond i've since changed my mind on that but that's another matter altogether um but uh i I think it was for your eyes only or octopussy i think was the first ones that i watched but it was a roger moore one for sure Mm -hmm. um i always thought you know i was old enough to know you know when the transition happened and and um dalton became bond i was old enough to know that people were anxiously awaiting Pierce Brosnan to be 
Bond yeah, back yeah. then. He was supposed to be the next one, and NBC wouldn't let him out of his, his contract. Yeah. I mean, steel contract, so he had to he had to pass. And so they got when everybody when they picked Timothy Dalton, which now knowing what I know now that they they had originally approached Timothy Dalton, you know, a while before, um, because. Uh, Roger Moore wasn't sure he was going to do more than a couple movies, um, so they had they had sort of gone after Timothy Dalton early on. Um, but I always felt it was like, oh, they picked Timothy Dalton um, because he kind of looks like Pierce Brosnan from far away, you know, like <laughs> uh, let's, I could see let's that. Yeah. get the same sort of look to him, you know. And uh, so you know, it was always kind of that camp. Like I was never a fan of his movies just because. You know, we had all sort of built up this anticipation for Brosnan and we didn't get it. So I was just kind of like, eh, you know, um, and there was something about the those movies, um, the Dalton ones that just felt different. He was he was very he was much more serious mm-hmm. and it wasn't really playful uh, much at all. Right. That, um, well, that's the one thing I always sort of associate with Bond, because, again, Roger Moore, Roger Moore always had that cheeky sort of humor you know the one-liners and yes he always had the one-liners that were kind of goofy um and i love those you know uh and i it makes me giddy when like you know we get into skyfall there were a couple one-liners in there that he run off and i was like yes those are like i want those in my bond movies you know they don't have to they don't have to be cheesy um, you know, because sometimes they got a little cheesy in the in the the Roger yeah. Moore era. Oh yeah, but, totally. Um, Roger Moore, the Roger Moore area was probably the most campy era. That, that's exactly what I was going to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. When we get into talking about it, you're totally. You guys are stealing my thunder. I was waiting till the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but even the sound, like the sound in this movie, was bad. Yeah. You know, it's like it'd be like. You know, like uh, they'd slap somebody, and it would be like, like it was. It didn't sound really loud. Like, it didn't sound like a slap. You know, yeah. what I mean? or it's like yep. it, it, a, a tire shot. You know, like one shot from a gun is like, kaboom! It's not like a cannon, and you're like, it's a nine millimeter. Jesus, right. it doesn't sound that. You know, it just everything was like extra. Nobody was uh, nobody was winning a an Academy Award for uh, sound designer fully yeah. mixing in this movie. Is what you're saying? It just sounded extra. You know, it's like there was no reason for it to be that loud or that. You know, like a car a car screech, like or like, I don't know. Like probably, probably something that happened too is like when they're driving on the sand dunes. I think mm-hmm. I heard one of the cars screech. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like. It's not going to make that noise on the sand. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like so it felt like it was at least today, looking back on it, it looked like, you know, top secret. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there are there are there are parts of the, this movie that are a little they're a little hard to take. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just I'll always come back to it. And. You know, I don't want to blow too much past this movie, but one of the things that I always felt interesting about this movie was I felt that this was like the first attempt for a Bond film to sort of reboot itself because it started off with them dumping Blofeld into the smokestack, you know, like yeah, that. Right. had that whole scene where it was like had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. 
right. at all. And it was just kind of like, okay, what was that about? <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. I remember watching it when I was a kid, and of course I didn't know any of the history of the Bond film, so I was just like, what is this? You know, what is this thing where this, you know, this, why, dude with this why, cat? And... Why is he dropping Dr. Evil in the smokestack? <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's funny you should say that because there's a big debate right now about whether or not um, that Blofeld should return. Like, since we've sort of relaunched a lot of things with, with the Daniel Craig movie, especially with Skyfall, yeah. that. You know, there's there's been a heated discussion on online about you know ooh, should Blofeld come back as a villain, um, and I don't know if he should. I, I don't know if I think that. But Daniel Craig said in an interview that he'd very he was kind of excited about the prospect of him returning because he felt that Mike Myers stole Blofeld and that they should go yeah. they should go get him back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, no, like re-energize him mm-hmm. and bring him into the modern age. I could see right. that. Yeah. But I think he's totally right, though, because as soon as that was all, you know, like, you know, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm remotely controlling your person. You know, right. it's like, oh, I didn't need him. He was one of my, was it one of my less dependable people? Uh-huh. Just totally sounded like something Dr. Evil right. would say. I'll buy you a delicatessen. Right. Exa- yeah, exactly. I'll buy you a delicatessen. <laughs> what the hell? I'm like, what's that about? I guess there's some homage that the producer, the producer had heard some old mafia guys. I guess they used to bribe people uh, and say like, "I'll get you, the, you know, I'll get you this deli or whatever." Blah blah. So he like put that line in as some sort of homage to old mafia guys. But yeah, I was like, I I I heard that and watching it again, I was like, I I still that's like the goofiest line ever. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should cha- rechange the title to for our show this week. Yeah, I'll buy you a delicatessen. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, as far as Bond films go, I mean, this is not my favorite Bond film, but I, I still enjoy it. I don't know if it's just nostalgia that makes me like it, but I was like, it's my first Bond film. It's also my first Lotus. Um, uh, it's when I became aware of the Lotus Motor Company. Um, unfortunately, uh, I knew the, the car was going to come up. <laughs> of course, oh, that's well. like part of the Bond thing is the car. Uh, well, I'm waiting to hear what you say about the next movie's car. Oh, that's yeah. beside the point. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there's just those those things that um, I'll always return to, and and just uh, there's something about the fact that it had like, even though I and I think it was because of the time the movie came out. Um, the Olympics were sort of a big deal um, at that time frame. And so you had that sort of Olympic backdrop because they set it um, in that town in Italy where the 19, I think it was like the 1950 something Olympics was at. Um, and the girl wanted to go to the Olympics mm-hmm. <laughs> and ice skating. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. BB doll? Yeah. I hated BB. Gotta love BB doll, man. I hate her. I, yeah. I love to hate her. You know, I, I, I'm so much a Bond fan that most of the movies that I, I'm not going to downplay at all. I love all of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them are, are definitely campy and such. And I can understand why some people would, would absolutely not like them, but there's always something about the movie, which just is always exciting. And I don't think we've had a bad bond 
no at all so all everyone put their own personality and the nice thing about this franchise is that it can easily continue because because they've actually put into place this changing of the bonds mm-hmm. so we went from pierce brosnan to daniel craig and no one batted an eye right you know it, it, pierce brosnan had a great stint uh golden eye was probably uh, to me was the best of that and uh, now we got daniel craig who's doing amazing so that's because that's because james bond is is um you know, he well, a lot of people call him to call James Bond. He's the British equivalent of Batman. He's the British Batman. Um, but I, we were joking around. We were talking about the other day because we were saying, like, you know, there's there's a couple theories about James Bond. And I don't know if I subscribe to one or the other. But the one theory is that, you know, all these different bonds that we've gone through, you know, yeah. you mm-hmm. are actually like. Uh, you know, there's the theory that it's a different person that okay. assumes the identity of this person right. named James Bond. There's <laughs> always a James Bond. There's always a James Bond that exists. Right. You, you know, get, once you you become the 007, your name is now James Bond. Right. 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 You know, and then there's all, then there's because, the other because they always because the CIA and MI6 and stuff, they always have an alternate name, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, you know, you don't you know, at least that's what they say. Right. You know, it's like you know what your undercover name is when you're a cop. Right. You have an undercover name and you're not to give that name out to anybody. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Right. There's always so, a James Bond. So there's that theory. And then there's, of course, the theory that, you know, all these different people that have played are playing the same person. Just this person. You know what I mean? It's the same character, um, which you can see it going either way. The the only the only thing that drives me nuts about that theory is that in all these different bonds we get these little glimpses of his past. Um, like in the beginning of this movie, you saw he he put the flowers on the grave of which is supposed to be his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and which and now knowing all the Bond history, that it sort of breaks my brain and goes. I didn't read any of the books, but as far as movies goes, goes James Bond would never get married. You know, like right. He did. I, I understand that, but you know my perception. My perception of Bond. He's the ultimate player. Yeah, he doesn't get married. <laughs> you know, and he, and and I believe he actually did in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, the um, the the other thing is like you know, and we'll we'll save. It for, but there's been different glimpses of Bond's past and Bond's history. As every you know iteration of Bond has come in, they've sort of taken it in a little bit of a different direction, and there's not a whole lot of continuity between them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it. Let's they consider it the same character, but we're going to wipe the slate clean and 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 add our own little twist to it. Right. You know. And I don't know if that's a conscious decision or if that's the fact that like a lot of these movies, um, especially like for your eyes only, you know, they're 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 taken from, uh, you know, the original source material, the Ian Fleming's books. But they're also sort of pieced together from different like there's scenes from this movie that are from a diff- couple different books, 
um, right. that the okay. producer sort of said, oh, this will work, and we like this scene because this is exciting, and we'll figure out a way to work this into it, and we'll, we'll mash it all together and write it up. So a lot of times I get the feeling but, that that's what we're getting. Yeah. But this movie oh, – sorry to okay. burst bubbles, but I'm going to debate exciting for this movie. Um, this was, to me, like Bond in slow motion, this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, like, for example, the two, you know, they're getting chased around by two dune buggies going up and over dunes, and then they're running away because they're running in sand. It's hard to run. So it's like slow motion running, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, you know, and then the underwater, the world's fucking longest fight scene ever <laughs> when they're underwater and they're like swinging at each other. <laughs> you know, and it's like bong, 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 and then it hits the wall, and the wall falls on him, funk, and it takes ten seconds for that oh, to happen. It's, it's a viscous stuff. Well, I mean, it's I not like the air, which you go through fast. I know that, but I'm just, I'm just thinking, like the point, the point just is like, it was like this movie was constantly in slow motion for me. Yeah. Even the ski, even the ski chases and the okay. I'll give the ski chases. I'll give the ski chases, and I'll give you know certain you know like certain things. But it's just like this one for me drags. Uh This particular Bond film for drags. Yeah. Um, and I think some of it is to like again like the the cliffhanger literally um, scene where he's hanging up by the rope and it's like oh is it gonna break is it gonna break. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, it just took too long. Yeah. Like, just the scene was too long. Like, I, I had tension at first, but then it's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, and another one. <laughs> like, oh, oh, damn, how many of these things did he put in the wall and he's now still falling? You know, it was just sort of like, okay, keeps, it keeps just it was just way too slow for me yeah compared to compared to other bond movies which i feel are content you know generally a little more active it just mm-hmm. felt like the things that were going on and and the other thing that really got me in this one was melena or whatever mm-hmm. she was fucking annoying <laughs> <laughs> what did you find annoying about her she's she just a model. big damsel damsel in distress the entire movie if i heard her go ah one more time or or, james like one more time i was literally like oh my god you need to fucking feed her to the fish like you need to just leave her and go so you You know you need to be playing the james bond drinking game oh that's true i guess anytime anytime somebody exclaims james right she just constantly constantly like she was the epitome of damsel in distress yet she was like i'm gonna be with you james by your side the entire time and doing this with my crossbow yeah with my crossbow but then she'd be like ah james and you're like oh jesus like go away you're annoying me right so that's there's my that's my little tirade on melina right well, I mean, there there's so many little parts of this movie that sort of hit all these little buttons for me when I was, you know, six years old, seven years old, because crossbows were the shit. Had a crossbow in it. Okay. Um, it had the cool cars. Um, you know, 
it had the the scenes where Bond was you know macking down on the on the ladies, but I always felt that this one it wasn't so. It just wasn't as overt as some of the other ones, as some of the other Bond movies. Like he, especially with BB, because you know he was totally like kind of creeped out by her. You know, like she's too mm-hmm. young for me. Which for Bond, you're like, what? You know, like, <laughs> go for it. Um, you know, had that stuff. Had scuba diving, which at the time, I think because of Jaws, Jaws. and my friends were all about like underwater stuff. I could agree. Um, and then it had the talking parrot. <laughs> which I had, it had Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, it did have Margaret Thatcher. Um, <laughs> at at the time, my my mom had just gotten a blue fronted Amazon, um, so we were like all about birds and like getting them to talk. So the fact that this had this movie had this talking bird in it was like, I I spent hours trying to teach our bird to say, "Give us a kiss, give us a kiss." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I, yeah and i love after seeing um the iron the iron lady mm-hmm. um after i've seen that movie like thinking of that margaret thatcher thing where she's like dennis and i'll have you over for dinner you know kind of thing. <laughs> i'm like oh my god margaret thatcher is like is right now is like what the hell what she like <laughs> doing to me <laughs> yeah Right. Well, I think we should go into what we've learned. What we've learned from For Your Eyes Only? Yeah. Car alarms were for serious back in 1981. Never look a gift uh, Citroen. Citroen. Citroen in the mouth. Uh, Before setting out for revenge, always dig two graves. And Greek women always avenge their loved ones. Yes. This has always been one of my top favorite Bond movies. Uh, I'm not sure why. You have to deal with being one of my favorite themes or something. Uh, it's a Bond. I'm a Bond fan through and through, so I'll watch them all. So uh, all I need now is for them all in Blu-ray. Now. Blu-ray. Um, it was my first Bond movie. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I still love it. Um, Roger Moore will always be my Bond. So, I mean, there's, I don't really, I mean, yeah, I'll agree with Steven that this, this Bond movie definitely has its flaws. Um, but it's always just been like that movie. That's the, the movie that started off my love affair with Mr. Bond. Okay, fair enough. Uh, pretty much said mine, which is, but, um, I hadn't watched this one in a while and I remembered why, cause it's a snooze fest <laughs> for a Bond movie. Not not for all movies, but for a Bond movie, it's a snooze fest. Um, it was just so slow for a Bond film, and the excitement I wanted out of a spy movie just wasn't there. Um, I also got really tired of the female screaming Eek and James enough to, you know, enough with the damsel in distress bit <laughs> stuff. Uh, too many kick-ass women, mm-hmm. you know, these days. So it was 81, I get it. but You like your strong women. I don't, yeah, exactly. So let's Alrighty. add this to our flick chart. Let's uh, go with For Your Eyes Only versus Avatar. For Your Eyes Only. Oh, I'd rather watch For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only versus Wally. Wally. Rather watch Wally. For Your Eyes Only versus Train Spotting. 
Ooh, Ooh hey, that's spotting. I'm a train spotting on that one too. Oh, I'm be for your eyes only. Uh, for your eyes only versus Young Frankenstein. Oh, Young Frankenstein young for Frankenstein. me. For your eyes only versus a Clockwork Orange. Ooh, for your eyes only. For, for your me. eyes only. For your eyes only versus Toy Story Two. Toy Story Ooh, Two Toy Story for me. Two. And uh, For Your Eyes Only is now 78 on our flick chart. Uh, one thing I forgot a little bit back to kind of digress. Um, by the way, thank you, Corey Nori, for liking us on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. Sweet. In the meantime, let's move into the present. When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. Skyfall. <laughs> you sound uh, just like Adele. I know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating 91% fresh, 91% audience. Uh, directed by Sam Mendes, starring Daniel Craig, Javier Bardem, Naomi Harris, and Judy Dench. And dear God, there's a lot of trivia. Yeah, yes. for like a new mo- a movie, I was like, holy crap, trivia. I was like, scroll. scroll. Well, you know, <laughs> one of the things about... I think it's every Bond movie since, uh, shoot, what was the second to last Brosnan one? Uh, the World Is Not Enough. Yes. I think ever ever since that one, they have done some sort of behind-the-scenes uh-huh. photography thing where they actually publish a book afterwards. That's available that you can buy that has all these photographs of them making the movie. So there's always been a ton of trivia because there's always people talking to the production staff and the crew and getting all this information. So I think that's why there's like 160 different trivia items for this movie already. Oh. Yeah, most of the time when we get a new movie, there's like two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like digging. I was like, holy crap. There's a lot. Yeah, for real. So just to start us off, was it was it what we were expecting? Uh, more. Yeah. More. yeah. Uh, I have to say that, oh, my God, this is such a callback movie, too. I agree with that. It felt very much very. It's weird because it felt very much a classic. I almost felt Sean Connery-ish in this movie, mm-hmm. but I also felt Daniel Craig-ish. Like this is a very much a modern day Bond movie, but it also gives me flashbacks from some of the older ones. Besides mm-hmm. callbacks, yeah, you know, it had very direct callbacks to the previous movies, and they, and they they don't do like. A, a ton of them. It's not like a, a trope here, uh, trope left and right. No, uh, for and it was enough. It was enough honoring the past, kind of. It kind of it. It came off to me like they were they were honoring some of the best things of past movies, mm-hmm. and then blowing that shit up. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, to re <clears throat> like, re well, things for the future. It was okay, kind of like that for me. If you're talking about the car blowing up, that's supposed to happen. No, Bond I'm, always has a car blow up in every movie. I'm meaning like a phoenix rising from the ashes kind of thing, not blow up the car. I just mean like, well, figuratively, liter- figuratively, they were acknowledging the past, 
Right. Then blowing the fuck out of everything and then then letting it settle so that now they're like, okay, now Bond future. Right. You know, kind of that kind of thing. Well, I've – well, they're, you know, I, I sort of agree, you know, with both of you. The fact that, okay, they, they blew up the car. The fact – what makes it such a powerful statement though is that they chose to make that car an old Aston – yeah. Which you know was the original Bond car, which you know for a while their Aston was out and they had BMWs and all the whatever uh, the um, Lotus, the Lotus. Um, so you know just to see that sort of iconic car, literally when that car, I knew you hurt, I knew you were hurting. No, no, when the car came oh. on screen <laughs> the first time, yeah, everybody in the theater was like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. I, I started, I, I started giggling. I'm like, yeah, it's an Aston Martin. Yeah. So everybody was. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't really sad to see it get blown up. I thought it was funny when it got kind of blown up, actually. But this is the first movie where I think it's delved so much into his past. Yeah. You know, I don't remember a movie going this f- far down that rabbit hole. You know. Into his past. And the other thing is, you know, that sort of I tried. I did not read anything about the plot of this movie. Yeah, I didn't either. I tried to stay as far away from anything. I will say I think the trailer did a good job of not giving away anything major in the film. Um, Even the fact that the name of the movie, like Skyfall, you know, the word was said, you know, when the, when it was said to him during the psych exam, and he just sort of got up and left, I was like, "What? What, what does that mean? Like, what? What the hell is Skyfall? Like, that would get yeah. you know done? Like, it was just so weird, you know? Because you're always kind of trying to figure it out, like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, my friend was like, I kept waiting for there to be like a Skyfall device or something that they had to stop, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, that." You know, I totally wasn't expecting it to be like the name of the place that he grew up, you know, like the house that he grew up in. That that's totally that was out of left field for me Um, as a sort of little aside to that. When you're buying tickets, when you're meeting people at a theater, um, it's always important to make sure that you buy tickets for the correct showing and that you do not. You do not walk into the wrong showing at the very end of the movie. <laughs> that gives away the very end. Um, oh, no. Yeah. You ruined it for yourself. I, not me. Oh. Not me. Um, my friend who was meeting me at the, at the film was just like, I got a frantic test message. She's like, what show are you in? And I'm like, you know, Theater 11. He's like... I just walked into theater 16 and saw the end of the movie. Oh no. (laughs) Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Nice. So I was like, Oh God. So yeah, always make sure you get the right, the right, the right theater kids. Um, (laughs) Well, what did, what I, I will say this one, this one had my attention the entire movie. Yeah, it was balls to the wall from the beginning, and I'm not saying it was all action all the time, but just like interesting story, interesting, you know, kept you kept you 
thinking, kept you guessing, kept you interested. So for me, being the casual Bond observer, mm-hmm. not the one who was going to rush out to the theater and see it, mm-hmm. I still felt very invested in the movie. Yeah. So I think that I would not be atypical that this is a Bond movie for everybody, not just people who are Bond purists. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I I enjoyed it. Yeah, the only um I would say through the whole movie. I mean, the movie was long. Yes, um, I'm with you on that one. It could have been tightened up a little. I think bit. it could have been tightened a little. Um, the only problem I had, I think, during the whole movie when I was watching it was the um, the the Komodo dragon scene. <laughs> the yeah. one, the one. I mean, the, the the first one was fine, but the second dragon just looked kind of fake CG. Like, yeah super cg yeah yeah it's like ooh, he's not yeah they shouldn't have done that and uh i noticed that too but it other was, than that i was i was okay with you know now did anybody else feel that that sort of that character that got munched on was sort of a weird throwback to yes odd job yeah Totally. I kept wanting him to take his hat off. Be like, ching! Yeah. You know, or something. Like, I, yeah, I, I, it, totally. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's why I kept saying, like, that's what I mean by that. Like, it kept throwing back. They kept throwing back to certain things, certain images, certain iconic mm-hmm. situations, homages, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I, and I literally think that they blew up the past. Nah. You know, and they killed off. I mean, shit, they killed off people. They burned it. Yeah, they um, burned it. You know, they killed them off, and they're starting anew. It's really about you know going and 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 being like, this is a new time, a new area. Let's start fresh. Yeah. Mm. And but you know what? There's a lot of things in James Bond that's very much cool and we're gonna keep mm-hmm. so so i mean they brought I back like bringing back money penny blew my mind yes exactly. oh my freaking god I, seriously okay let's talk about that scene okay okay <laughs> that is got to be one of the it, it's the thing that made that just kind of it was that cherry on top Mm-hmm. You know, everything was absolutely delicious. Had the nice whipped cream and the chocolate syrup and the and the the, the nice vanilla ice cream. It's just tasty, 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 classic Sunday. And then there's that cherry on top, which was this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I mean, office. It, the only thing that was missing from that scene was a hat. Yeah, was Uh-oh. Money Penny walking in. And then with the the I mean this was from Free Your Eyes only too. You have the hat rack back there, and then all of a yeah. sudden, the hat appears, and money money penny turns around and and says James. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and yeah. and I still kind of felt that whole because money penny and James Bond always had this strange relationship. Sexual tension because it yeah. had sexual <laughs> tension, but it's like one of those things where it's like. We're gonna flirt and everything. Nothing is gonna come of it. In this case, it may. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know. You know. What I mean, like maybe. Yeah. I mean, Money Penny is a lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's yeah. independent. Mm-hmm. 
that this uh, is a money penny. This is a money penny that could go in the field with him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which would be interesting. Like she's helping to deliver something for Q yeah. or something like that. And um, and it's just the door, that whole padded door mm-hmm. was just the classic door to this office. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the new M looks a lot like the old M's. Like we had the nice shakes. Yeah, yeah. Rafe. We had the. We had all this shaking up of a uh, of the M by po- pulling in a female M, with Judy Dench, which was a nice little shakeup of it, of it. But now they're bringing it back, and honestly, he looks like those old M's. How do you go from being Voldemort to M? I know. That's <laughs> not well, fair. Well, with Voldemort, he had a lot of makeup. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, so I, I'm just. It, what do you think about the new Q, though? I love him. <laughs> he was he was given he was giving me a uh, a sort of Doctor Who vibe. I don't know what yeah. it was, but he looks a lot like Matt Smith, kind of, um, with the hair and the the glasses, and you know. So I mean, I was. I was okay with Q, you know, I, I can see it setting it up for a very interesting relationship between the two of them. I, and they're, they're, they're going to have that relationship. It's going to be a different relationship, but you know, with between, uh, uh, the Desmond Llewellyn's Q and, and James Bond, it was always a, a, he's serious about his work mm-hmm. and he, he's, he's like, don't touch that James. Um, mm-hmm. Please bring it back in one piece. And and, and this cue is the same, but different. he cares more about the technology. Yeah, and but he's also practical. Yeah, because yeah. as he like the first scene, you see what do you him, want? An exploding pen? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, here's a Welther PPK and a tracking device. Right. You know, and, and you here's it. the classic gun again. <laughs> yeah. His gun is the classic Welther PPK. And uh, a little trick. It's called a radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's exactly. You know, because he knows, okay, what do you need? You need a radio and a gun. Do you really need anything else? You're probably going to be able to figure everything else on your own. You know, I, I, I'm the quartermaster. I need to make sure that you're, uh, that you have the right gear, but we need to make sure you just have the right gear. You don't need anything more. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's probably a little bit more practical and not as shiny. All the computer stuff he can do right from his little right. key branch. Yeah. But he did. I did like that. He threw in the, please try to bring everything back in one piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I, I kind of I, yeah I, I at first I wasn't gonna I wasn't 100 percent sure but then when they started bantering, mm-hmm. you know, and the new cute and he's sitting there he's like clearly giving him the eyes of whatever. Yeah, I'm like okay, this is gonna be a fun relationship. I can't <laughs> wait until he comes back at James later with like some old joke or something. Right. It, speaking of which, yeah, they said James Bond will be back. I would have loved it if they had given it a title at least. That would have been awesome. For the yeah. next movie, you mean? Yeah. James Bond will return in. Yeah. Something. Well, you know, sometimes they're not always right. Sometimes. 
Another day to die. I for, uh, the movie before Moonraker said that the next movie was going to be For Your Eyes Only, and it ended up being Moonraker. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, no, it's Spike who loved me. Yeah. Okay. True. Uh, but I, we can't we can't go too far in this discussion yeah. without bringing up Javier because yeah. Oh my God. He was amazing. He was psycho. He was amazing. Just making right? Amazing. We spent the whole time after we got out of that movie just totally just being like, oh, all this running around is exhausting. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what about that scene with the chair? The chair and the Adam's apple and the... Yeah. <laughs> the, like, caressing of the inner thigh. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, he's like, she's never had me in a chair. Mm. Well, that's her. That's her fault, or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh god. I'm like, what is he gonna do? Oh, yeah. I'm he, like, he, uh, James even says, "Who said this was even his first time?" Right. right. That was great. That was great. Um, I mean, he, he, him, he, yeah. I mean, James was just giving it back to him. Yeah. yeah. It was like that. You're trying to intimidate me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not intimidated. I might be tied up in a chair and you are currently caressing my thighs, but <laughs> this isn't intimidating and I'm not like like uh uncomfortable or anything. This is a this is a normal Saturday night. Let's get right. this on. <laughs> so. Which pocket do I have my red handkerchief in? No, oh, wait, sorry. Um <laughs> he was wrong. Uh, but no, we I we were just completely blown away by by him. I was just like, it was one of those things where every time he was not on screen, I was kind of sad that he wasn't on screen because it's like I want to see more of him interacting with people, you know. Because he and I, I'm assuming you wrote this, Stephen. <laughs> he he good whack job. He does. He is yeah, so he good at it. <laughs> he gives good whack job. Exactly. <sighs> You know, I, I, I mean, have you guys seen No Country for Old Men? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is the master at, like, I'm going to be creepy guy. Like, I can be creepy. I can be crazy. You know, and I watched an interview with him. Where they were asked, the crazy eyes and the right. intense sounds. Yeah, voice. and oh, Yeah. You know, I was re- reading a, or watching an interview with him, and they were just like, you know, they were asking him, especially about the, the the chair scene. They're like, where did that come from? Like, where did, you know, and he's just like, it was all on the page. Like, I just, you know, I read it. It was there. And that's what, that's what came out. It's like, holy crap, dude, you are freaking amazing at just being the awesomest crazy villain creep guy ever, you know? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to follow him up. I think he was that good. You mm-hmm. know. Well, speaking of him and all that stuff, what about the ending? I know. I know we talked about the new everybody and all that Spoiler. stuff. So we kind of spoiled a little bit of that. But I'm just talking about the ending, like the the, the scene before the office. Yeah, there you go. The scene before the in the in the chapel, mm-hmm. for example. What do you think about all of that stuff? Um, you know, honestly, I wasn't shocked by that ending. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect her. To, I didn't expect him to die. 
I guess I didn't know if she was going to die or if she was just going to go away, like she was going to retire or maybe she was going to pull a bond and just disappear. I was thinking that that when we were talking about this movie, I thought she was going to disappear. Yeah. Or she was going to say, leave me, James. And James is actually going to know that she left. Right. But not that she died. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's really on some little island in the middle of nowhere enjoying the rest of her life. But I didn't expect her to die. Yeah. I just, I, I, I guess I just looked at it as, you know, um, it was just another way of her going away. I wasn't really affected by, I mean, I liked her. I liked her as, as M. I thought she did a good job, especially being able to sort of stand up to such a strong masculine character as Bond, you know, mm-hmm. you need, you need somebody who can, can kind of hold her own. And I always, I thought, you know, she did an awesome job in in this, as far as performance wise, as sort of conveying that, you know, I'm the one that's going to make the, the tough decisions here. Yeah. You know. And and she's yeah. really uh, as an M, she also uh, it really felt more as more active in mm-hmm. the movies. And I don't know if it's just because they decided to write M more into the story, because right. most of the time it really is for M and, and, and all the other movies is pretty much just you're going we're going to um, uh, uh, give you your assignment and you go do your assignment. Right. And that's right. it. She and was in the field a lot more. Oh. Yeah. And uh, she's she's more of wanting to know what's going on. And, I, and maybe it's just uh, dealing with technology, because like right at the beginning, the, the first sequence, um, she's it's just they're all on comms and they're all communicating what's going on. Yeah. And she's just staying constantly up to date. She was seeing the operation through to the end and she just seemed more active than any of the other other M's. But also some of those other M's, it's hard to really do much because they didn't have the technology we have today for for communication and everything. Right. Uh, it really was more of an administration job and not you know this constant watch on her on her agents. Okay, I may be a dumb question, but you guys are going to answer it for me. What does M stand for? Uh, it's like what does Q stand for? Right. Well, quartermaster. Well, in this case, really <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but it's really a title. Oh, okay. Yeah the the leader of MI six's name is M. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I would say I would have said minister, but there yeah. still is a minister of defense who M answers to. Right. So I was curious. And I suppose it's supposed to be kind of minister, but as a um, as a weird sort of thing, a lot of them actually have the letter M in their like is their a lot of their names start either their first or last name start with M or have an M sound in it too, which is just sort of I think they wrote that in there, but it's not like it's not a requirement to be an M. Like you don't have to have that in your name. Mm-hmm. It just sort of they've wrote they've written it that way. Okay. So I was just curious if there was a something but minister well, would make sense. Well, and, and Q as quartermaster is really a, a quartermaster branch, you know, is really yeah. what it was from. And Q wasn't really necessarily a title per se. Right. Uh, um, but they just kind of wrapped it up into the title when, when uh, with Desmond Lil and uh, who's still uh, I, I wish he could have seen this new M. And I think he would have thought he was he was great. But uh, 
Right. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, critically, uh, I will say this. It was very, 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 very positive. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely people were saying that it's the best Craig Bond film to date. Uh, Craig has finally made, you know, Bond his own like Roger Moore did. Classic and elegant with visually stunning moments. Definitely a different type of Bond movie, but a great hero and a great villain, for sure. Um, it actually made us care for the characters. And then um, Mendez gave it a great shot in the gave the franchise a great shot in the arm. Um, and then also some people did feel that this is the first Bond film that really kind of felt like it was set in current affairs of the world. You know that it wasn't just. Right. It wasn't Spot just Bond. Bond just existed. You know, mm-hmm. it actually felt like it was kind of set in the world. Um, negatively, um, there were a few people who kind of had their moment to say negative things. Uh, one was uh, Mendez took a pop concept and threw in Freud. Not a good combination. And I felt that at times. Yeah. You know, they were both trying to get approval from mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh. You right. know, a little bit of the, a little bit of that, you know. Yeah, um, but for 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 Silva's character, it just made it more creepy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and then in trying to revive the franchise, Mendez took the characters way too far away from their roots. You know that that's a, a matter of taste, I think, really ultimately. And then one guy particularly went off to say that you know this is particularly the big. This was the big note that the franchise has jumped the shark, or in his, as he said, should be wearing Depends now that it's 50. Oh. I was like, ouch. No. That was, I was like, clearly you're a young guy saying that somebody at 50 should be wearing Depends, you douchebag. <laughs> nice. You know, but. And there's a lot of things that, like, trying to ri- revise the franchise. Yes, it's probably trying to revive the franchise. I think it damn did a damn good job of it. Because it, I don't think it really took it away from its roots. It gave it a little fresh, but also, you know, the homages to the roots and show that, yes, I mean, this is still James Bond. He still uses his Walther PPK. Uh, he goes to the office uh, which where the assistant is Money Penny, and uh, he takes orders from M. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things that they've kept the same uh but it's still very very fresh uh for being uh, for being such an old franchise it's still kicking it's a 50 year old powerhouse um and it's gonna continue going and uh hopefully they'll have uh directors like i think christopher nolan wanted to do a bond movie at one time i would love to see a nolan bond movie um Interesting. But getting some of these these you know what I really like to see is a James Cameron Bond movie. Now he's in the right now all he's doing is Avatar, but that's beside the point. I really want to see a James Cameron Bond Bond movie too. Um but uh that's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. But uh if they keep going with this using directors like Sam Mendez, I mean Bond is gonna kill it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I I I didn't even realize that's who the director of this film was, and I'm I'm a big fan of of some of his movies. So I was really happy when I saw his name flash on the screen. It's like, oh, sweet. Oh, and of course, what do you think of the opening sequence? Um, the 
It was a good flashback to For Your Eyes Only, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> true. True. Very, very true. Yeah. Very watery. And the Adele, Adele just did an amazing job with it. It really feels – it feels Shirley Bassey classic. Mm. Yeah, I would have uh, I wouldn't really have minded because uh, um, I guess uh, Muse wanted to have their song because um, it's superiority was they tried to have it. They didn't even like it wasn't official like they asked, you know, like somebody asked them to write a song for the movie. They were just like, we're going to write the song and we're going to put in some James Bondish themes in it and maybe they'll pick it up for the new Bond movie. So there's this there's there's this track on their their album their new album the second law that I'm listening to it and I'm like is that the James Bond theme in the background and I'm like wow that's so weird like and then I did some research and it's like yeah they totally wanted that to be uh, the 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 theme for the new movie but it never got did nobody bit so but yeah I did like Adele's. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, I have a comment about that in a second. But first, what have we learned from this movie? We learned everyone loves a hobby, needs a hobby. Hobby, hobby. I can speak. Really, I can. Youth is not a guarantee for innovation. And a moving target is harder to hit. And that is what we've learned from Skyfall. Wow! Love this movie. It's like very classic, but Bonner Bond. It felt like a very smooth transition to a new generation, and I applaud Sam Mendes. Yeah. Um, although I, I felt it was a bit long um, and a bit heavy on the sort of exploration of Bond's past, which I'm, I was sort of shy away from. I kind of like to keep his past a mystery. Um, it was an entertaining film that, that had an absolutely amazing performance by Javier Bardem. Um, it makes me sort of very excited for the future of the franchise. With that, um, actually, it might be be up there with one of my favorites, if not my favorite Bond film. Um, it was Walla Walla Action Out of the Gate, an interesting story, even though it was a bit long. Um, definitely worth seeing, even if you're not a total Bond geek. Although I don't know, it's a must see in the theater, but it's worth seeing for sure. Yeah. Say the, the go see in the theater. Get the big, big screen, big, big sound. Um, speaking of sound, uh, if you go to clmovies.com right now, you can actually see a poll on there. It's probably one of the longest polls I've ever posted anywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. It took me forever to read through it. <laughs> uh, it, it I mean, it's really it's really a simple, simple oh, question yeah. is what's your favorite bond uh, bond theme? And basically what I did was. I listed off every single one. And this is basically from what the intro would have been, except for one of them. From Russia with Love wasn't done, wasn't actually uh, played until the end of the movie. The first one that actually had a, really a James Bond theme uh, with the opening credits was actually Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, the James Gold Bond theme finger. was a Dr. No. So Dr. No never actually had its own theme song. It was just the James Bond theme. I mean, it was the first movie. And that was the and uh, I don't think there was much of an opening sequence for that one. 
From Russia with Love had an opening sequence, but it was the James Bond theme. Uh, but we'll do From Russia with Love from that. And it just goes on through them all. Um, I have to say the modern era came out when um, Live and Let Die came out. Uh, mm-hmm. With Paul McCartney and Wings, which kind, of, which kind of broke the mold of what a James Bond theme song was. A View to the Kill with Duran Duran was pretty different. Um, License to Kill kind of brought it back, but it was still uh huh. It's a view to a kill. Okay, sorry. Die Another Day destroyed it. <laughs> Uh, you know my name you my name by Chris Cornell um, was uh, still kind of along the die another days what but still kind of more being spawn esque uh, another way to die was probably more closer to the die another day destruction uh, and skyfall is is I think skyfall and goldfinger are the two classic ones diamonds are forever uh, are the three classic ones of this is the example of what a james bond theme is does that mean that some of the other ones aren't good no it just means that's the classics and for your eyes only of course which is one of my favorites yeah my uh my favorite is uh the cover of you only live twice that bjork did Oh, but nancy sinatra did such a great job i do but i just love the bjork one the Bjork well, one. I voted. That one, by the way. The Bjork one feels more like a James Bond theme than the actual Nancy Sinatra one because it pulls, it gets rid of all the kind of kitschy '60s esque stuff to the music and makes it orchestral, like uh, uh, Skyfall. So that's that's why I prefer it over. I just realized I forgot to put that into the poll. Uh, you only live twice. I voted for mine. No. Yeah. Which one was that again? A View to a Kill. Okay. Favorite Bond. Just a Duran Duran fan. Yes. And I can't help it. Yeah, I have a. I would have a tough decision if I was voting. I'm not voting, but I would have a tough decision. I voted. Right now, I'm in the lead. <laughs> so here's the results at the moment with with the total of seven votes, six. If you subtract out Stevens. Oh! Uh, we've got uh, two for uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Amazing. Uh, Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me. It was one that was by Carly Simon. Um, again, the Duran Duran's of You Two and Kill has three votes. Yeah. vote three times, did you? No, I voted once. Okay. So, nah. And of course, Tina Turner's classic Golden Eye. Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Sorry, that's a RuPaul joke. Tina Turner. So, go vote. Yes, I am a huge garbage fan, but I don't think World is Not Enough is one of the best James Bond things. So, it's garbage. I'm just kidding. Um, that's me. Uh, oh, uh, a couple more results uh, from people commenting on a few things uh, I have here. Uh, we've got um, Robert from uh, Comes Out Loud gave his top five. Uh, he said, "If you two a kill is number one. Yes. Uh, number two, for your eyes only. Three, Goldfinger, uh, followed by Golden Eye, and nobody, nobody does it better. Uh, my brother said, "Live and let die. If you two a kill, you know my, you know my name. Another See? way to die, and you only live twice. 
Basically, he doesn't like mm. the classics. Uh, a view to a kill keeps coming up. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, uh, another friend of mine, uh, Chris, said, The world is not enough. Die another day in Skyfall. Uh, we, it looks like we had a couple on uh, something else of um, Buzz from um, uh, Arizona said Goldfinger was his favorite. Um, we have another comment to that. <laughs> Romo from Pod, the Pod Cubs just said, Shirley Manson. Um, Shirley Manson did not do one. Garbage did one. She is part of it, but it's still it's garbage and it's called The World is Not Enough. Uh, and that's all the ones I got for you. So, so that's the reporting as of right now. We just, I just posted that earlier today. So go pop over to CYLMovies.com and vote and, uh, see what ones end up coming up for us. And with that, let's go into the future. It's not the future. Hi. Welcome to the future. And I'm telling you, it's great here. I'm not going to sing this time. No. World War Z. Coming out June 21st, 2013. Directed by Mark Fo- Forster. That sounds weird. Yeah, he it's doesn't spelled have weird e too. Yeah. It's not for Esther, it's Forster. Forster. Yeah. Um, starring Brad Pitt, Anthony... Mackie and Brian Cranston. As a zombie pandemic transverse the globe, United Nations employee Gary Lane or Jerry Lane? Jerry Lane? Is it I, Gary or Jerry? I don't know. That name is not from the book. Travels the world trying to find a way to stop the pandemic that is defeating armies and collapsing governments as they try to prevent social collapse. Based off of a book about mm. a UN employee who is not named, from my understanding. Um, who actually is doing interviews about the war, about this zombie pandemic after the war. Yep. So completely different or, or a big difference, I should say, yep. than the book. So who actually has actually read the book? I've read it. Okay, I've read it and I've read it and I've listened to the audio. Okay, I will I will qualify and say I listened to the audio book. I didn't actually read it. Okay. Well, I let you believe it or not. I listened to the audio book, which made me read the book. <laughs> yeah. So so <laughs> now now the audio book uh, and the uh, um, book book, the written book. There's not much of a difference of anything, right? It's just pretty much they've got all these stars reading correct stories because it's the book is written of the narration of these people who are reading it. So, yes. uh, so like Al, I think Alan Alda is one of the people. So all yeah. it is, is just him talking to the UN employee. Yes. Who is, who's the one who ended up writing the book. See, I know a lot about this without having heard it. Yeah. It's sort of like interview with the vampire. Only it's interview about zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah. you have a guy just sort of, you know, listening to these people tell their stories of their struggle and their survival of this zombie apocalypse sort of thing that happened. Um, so looking at the, you know, looking at the trailer, 
Um, and you're gonna have. It's been a while since I listened to the the audio books, Stephen. So I don't really remember. With the zombies in the book, they weren't the they weren't fast ones, no. were they? No, they weren't fast zombies. They weren't meth zombies. They were actually just. Um, they were slow moving, and yeah. methodical, and that's what made them hard to fight. Right. According to all the when you hear all like the interviews with the military and stuff like that. Right. It's because they keep coming at you and keep coming at you and keep coming at you. They weren't fast runners and stuff like right. that. They were just yeah. The one thing they were in hordes. They were never alone. You know, they were always in hordes. The one thing that struck me as odd about the trailer was a the fact that they did the fast running thing. Which at first I was like, okay, they want to do fast running zombies. Um, I can get over that. Um, but then when they did the the sort of horde thing you know they started to they were moving like a a group of ants you know like yeah. they were using yeah. themselves to their advantage to like pile up and get yeah. over things which the whole piling up thing happens in the book but it's not because the zombies are smart enough to figure that out or instinctual right. enough to use that to their advantage it's just the fact that they're killing so many of them that right. they're piling up Right, and, and eventually you, and they. And if you listen to Max Brooks, Max Brooks, I mean, in Zombie Survival Guide and in the and in World War Z, his whole thing is get to high ground because right. zombies can't climb. Right. <laughs> like, <you're> like, <laughs> you know, or they can't think of you know, or it's like, or if you're in a two-story house, destroy the stairs because, you know, eventually they'll figure out how to not. They won't know how to step up the stairs. Right. But if a zombie fell on the stairs, it would eventually climb its way up. Right. Do you know, like that kind of thing? Like, and so it's that's right. Just how his his zombies up. were very much like here. They're going to move in this particular direction. They move, forward. and they're going to and they're they keep going. Yeah. And they don't stop. So, like, if one of them happened to walk out into the ocean, it's as still- long as it didn't float and it stayed toward the bottom, eventually it would walk its way across the bottom of the, the, right. the body of water and pop out on the other side. So right. the whole thing about like going to an island wasn't necessarily no, it wasn't. A, a saving grace because these zombies would all of a sudden, like I remember them talking about Cuba. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the zombies were sort of coming out of the water eventually and attacking the people in Cuba and Cuba thought they were safe because they were an island and, you know. Yeah. Boats. So, Boats were the safest thing right. in the Max Brooks world, right? Um, unless you accidentally brought on someone who was infected, and you didn't know it, or if you were a fishing boat and you caught a zombie, right. and you accidentally brought it on board. That was how boats got infected. But otherwise, ships that were staying afloat and didn't dock in zombie-infested ports were about the only way to stay to stay alive. Right. So boats and uh, uh, cold climates. Yeah. And cold climates where things froze quickly. Yep. Yep. So it's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I get where they're going with this so far. But right now with the being a and this is just one that I love this series. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the zombie survival guide was the first one. And I picked it up by random. I really did. 
Mm. Um, I just happened to see it, and I was like, this is interesting. And I was thumbing through it at the bookstore. This was a long time ago now. And I was thumbing through it, and I'm like, I like how this guy thinks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I really like how this author is thinking. And then when I saw World War Z came out, and it was by the same guy, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be pretty cool because it's like a companion to this. Right. You know, like this is that the first book ends up being kind of like the companion to World War Z. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then I heard the audio book and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to read the book. So, um, you know, so this one is one that I'm really kind of married to. So it's not that I expect it. I mean, clearly it's like eight hour, it's like an eight hour book. Six hours and three minutes. Yeah, it's like, and it was long. So I know it's not going to be something that they're going to be able to cram into a two hour movie. Right. But, but I think what, what I like the most about the book is that you get perceptions from different eyes on the apocalypse. Right. So I think that's, what's most interesting. It's not about just one person's perspective or how they deal with it. So I'm really interested in seeing how they play that out in this, this whole process. Right. Um, like I get that the UN, it sounds like somebody's sending him somewhere, which makes mm-hmm. it sound to me like he's got to go and meet people and talk with them. But, you know, and, and, and it's so it should be I'm interested in seeing where they go with it. So far, I haven't seen how that's playing out with the trailer yet. So maybe yeah. I need to see some more. Maybe I need to see the full theatrical trailer mm-hmm. um, when it comes. But but what I see, I like but so far, it's not the movie. It's not the book for me at all. Right. Yet. It's just another zombie movie right now. And yeah. that's not what I want out of this. I want, some, I, want a cooler, I want a cool adaptation of the book. And that's what I'm looking for. How about you, Jeff? What's your, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, Brad Pitt in a zombie movie. Uh, not really a high priority, but I'd definitely go see it. You need like to meh. You need to hear it. You need to go on Audible and get download the book for free. All right. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> because I've already done that before, okay. so I have to buy it. <laughs> okay. Um, well. But let, let's just say this. 21 to 27 to buy the audiobook. Next step mm-hmm. is uh, not that, that big of a deal. So I'm just going to. It's got a great. Um, it's got a great cast. Mark Singer. Yeah. Alan Alda. Alda. Mark yeah, I mean, Hamill. Mark Ham- All right, that's what I meant. Is Mark, our, is Mark Hamill in there? Yeah, yeah Mark he Hamill. plays a soldier. Yeah, Mark Hamill is a great voice, so he does. It, it's voice. well, it's a well acted audiobook. It's like a real active audiobook. It's almost yeah, you know, I, it's radio. Mm-hmm. It's more of a I radio. Start, I started listening to it, and I think I listened to almost all of it in one sitting. Like. Yeah. Well, I'm going to listen to it again when I go down to – I've already planned. I'm like I'm listening to it again when I go to um, – when I drive down to Fort Lauderdale next weekend. Right. Excited to listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I, like I said, it looks like it departs sort of wildly from the book, um, which I mean I understand that they can't really do the, the same sort of narrative. I, although I think they could – I would have liked to seen it sort of split into – the different stories. I think they could have done that. Um, and maybe they are, I think they're, yeah. kind of hinting. you know, they're, I think they're hinting to it saying yeah. that he's got to go somewhere. Right. 
feel like they're hinting at something like he's going to be going to meet people, but I don't know how it's going to play out yet. Maybe yeah. he ends up becoming intertwined in what was originally his interviews. He ends up being in that scene. So you see the character that's doing that's talking, that's talking the story, yeah, doing right. whatever he was talking about. Right. Uh, instead of instead of having him just have an interview and a flashback or something. Maybe. It just it just makes me it just makes me a little sad. And then there's always the fact too that you know we've talked about this in the news before that they they reshot the end of the movie like yeah. completely, like big deal like scrapped the last you know thirty five or forty minutes of the movie and reshot it. Um, so that makes me a little weary. Um, but I mean I'm probably gonna go see it regardless. I mean yeah. it's a zombie movie, you know. I'm 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 gonna go see it. Yeah, I love the book, especially the audio book. I have high expectations for this one. Trailer's impressive, but I want to see some more elements from the book because that's what I'm looking for, those individual stories. Um, Looks good for what it is, though, so I'll still see it. And I'm actually happy that we're going to see a big-budget zombie movie that's with real stars and stuff and not just... uh, George Romero. Yeah, George Romero. (laughs) Not that I don't love George Romero, but just I'm glad it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. I'll give him credit. I'll see it. Excellent. So no coming attractions. (laughs) So here's that. uh, We're changing to changing format here. Um, Right now we're going on a little bit of a hiatus until the end of the year. Um, Sometime in January, we'll be checking back with you. So stay subscribed to your podcast feeds uh, for us to come back. And maybe we'll pop in some things. uh, uh, in the meantime, to just minor little cuts or something. Um, but, now, understand, uh, understand, we've we have not done this before. It's been a solid, you know, two and a half years of shows. Yep. With only like a two week break because I had a car accident. You know, yeah, I mean, I other than that, yeah, and you moved. <laughs> so we have we've gone a solid two and a half years with a show, at least a show a week. You know, so yeah. that's. Woo! Done a lot of work. Yeah, twenty nine so shows. So time for a minor little hiatus to reformat ourselves is not a horrible thing. New format. Refresh. We're allowed a vacation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So we'll come back and um, nothing has been said and sewn on exactly the format. I think we're yeah. getting. We've got a pretty good idea of what we're going to do, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of things um, within the next. A month, month and a half here to uh, let you know about to uh, come out in the meantime. And then sometime in January, we'll have another show come out and you will see our new style. Uh, but and- if you have it, but if any listeners out there have ideas on format, we'd love to hear them because we have our ideas, but we also need to know what you'd be interested in hearing. What do you want? We really That's- want. We really want to know. There's plenty of ways to contact us for that, too. Pop over to colmovies.com. Uh, leave a, a uh, vote in the poll. Leave a comment on the blog. Uh, also, you can email us at colmovies at gmail.com. Follow us, uh, give us a voicemail. We'd love to hear you at 361-265-8255. That's 361-COL-TALK. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash colmovies. Facebook and facebook.com slash colmovies. Google Plus, G Plus, dot two slash colmovies. Please pop over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it very much, and I'll read whatever your review is. Whatever your review is. Um, uh, we'll be posting stuff here and there. 
on uh, Facebook page, Google Plus, etc. Uh, so keep watching for that, and we will we will see you, see next, you next year. Nope. We'll be back. Now I can play this. We'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. I wish I knew how to quit you. That'll do, dude. That's the worst of my ever movie. And you stole it from a movie. He's looking at you, kid. End of line.